0: Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health and wellness to help you live your absolute best life to be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode Hey, everybody, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I have Emily Parsons with us. She is a digital marketing expert and entrepreneur, and she's the CEO of Let's Get Social. She's going to share her story of building a social media agency and give you some tips if you are interested in this kind of work on how you can get started and land your first few clients. So I'm really excited to have her join us today. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Totally, totally. So I see
1: you're in Columbus, Ohio. What is the weather like around there nowadays? (laughs) You know, it's been nice. And then today it was snowing all day. Oh my God. And so I've been like casually low key looking at real estate in the South. I'm like, should we just, should we just make this move happen?
0: (laughs) So funny that you said that, you know, I'm in the New York City slash New Jersey area. And I do have to say around winter, I was just online yesterday on Realtor.com looking up houses in Atlanta, in South Carolina. I'm like, I got to get out of here. This
1: is right. crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's needed.
0: Oh, So yeah, so I cannot wait to like, dig into your story and introduce our audience to you. How did you get started in this work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was five years ago working in corporate America. And I realized pretty quickly that that was just kind of the life I didn't want. Um, When I graduated from college, I was actually in Atlanta, but um, I was working that whole like corporate job. And when I went into it, I kind of had some expectations of what it would be. And then I learned pretty quickly that um, I it just wasn't going to be like a lifestyle I wanted. I was surrounded by working moms who had to miss out on all these like precious moments in their children's lives and being able to have that opportunity to really see the reality around working in corporate America, trying to build a career and having a family was an amazing blessing. Um, it truly lit this fire underneath me to start looking for other options. And so I kind of entered the digital space as a lifestyle blogger Um four and a half, five years ago, and after a while, I noticed that there were so many small companies that were looking for digital marketing and social media services. They wanted to work with somebody or an agency. They just didn't have, like, a huge budget to be able to work with, you know, one of, like, the big agencies that would first come to mind, Um, and so I started pitching, and here we are now. Years later, who would have thought? So, in other words, it worked. It worked. It did.
0: Well, what did you think? I mean, did you? Obviously, you went to corporate and everything. But did you think you were going to be doing that when you were growing up, or did you actually have like lifestyle slash celebrity goals? And I say this because I notice that a lot of people who go into like social media or um, Instagram stuff or anything in the lifestyle space, like we kind of thought about celebrity stuff at a young age I oddly enough when I was in high school I was on MTV first of all I went totally a traditional route never thought I'd be doing anything with coaching or have an online business anything like that but now that I look back at my past I'm like oh my god I was on MTV and like Eight, you know, 12th grade, and I went to the prom with B2K, and, like, maybe that made me think that I could be, like, this online person. I don't know, but what did you think you were going to be doing?
1: I love that so much. Um, I actually thought I was going to be a fashion designer. Ah, I- see, it's similar. I- it's weird. Yeah, okay. So crazy. I was obsessed with all things fashion. Like, I remember laying on the floor of my bedroom and just flipping through Vogue magazines and just mm-hmm. being, like, this- this is going to be my life. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and you know, that didn't really work out, but <laughs> that was what was in my mind for a long time.
0: I don't blame you, sister. I am not a reality TV star, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what hurdles did you overcome when you decided to transition from corporate? Because so many people in our audience, they're living the corporate life right now and they're like, I need To get out of here and I don't know how. What hurdles did you overcome and like what have been your wins since you overcame those hurdles?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest hurdles is actually just making that transition. Um, It's so, I don't want to say easy, but it's kind of easy to like think every day like, oh, I'm going to do this one day and just putting it off. And so the biggest hurdle is just taking that first step and making that decision that like, okay, we're at the like, we're at the beginning of a new year, where do you want to be at the end of the year? And so that was like a really big, I would say, mindset kind of hurdle. Um, And then once you get it set in your mind that you have a date, and you're gonna like make this jump, then you I mean, I personally started to kind of feel like, where's my ideal client? Who are they? How am I going to land them? How am, how am I going to find them? And then, oh, wait, there's this whole legal side to starting your own business. Like, there's so many aspects when you do decide to go out on your own, like, you wear every hat from A to Z. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are some of the really big ones when I was starting out. And then, um, honestly, like the biggest hurdle once I was a few months into my business and I had a couple clients was learning to shut off the business and that, um, you know, we decide that we want to work for ourselves because we want freedom and we want to do something that we're super passionate about. And sometimes when we're so passionate about things, it's kind of hard to have that off switch, And so I learned that, you know, taking phone calls and (laughs) replying to emails at 10 o'clock at night wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: brought you right back to
1: corporate. Yeah. It It really did. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think, like, it's interesting because with the lifestyle blogging space specifically, that never turns off because you are like your lifestyle is kind of branded and put online for people. And sometimes you feel like you have to be on all the time. So Mm. I love that you are like really cautioning people to start to set boundaries in your business, even though you're building a personal brand, or a lifestyle brand, or a social media consulting company, whatever you're doing, Your life is a part of it, but let your life be a part of it. Don't let it be your entire life. So I love
1: that. And just like taking that guilt away from it. Um, I felt so much guilt for not responding to clients on the weekend. And -hmm. then I actually almost had to go back to that corporate mindset. And I was like, they're not responding to vendors on the weekend. So just removing that guilt and knowing like everything's going to get done. It's going to be okay. (laughs) It's going to
0: be okay. Exactly. So with your, so with the lifestyle blogging part, where did you see success? And if you did see success on a social media platform, like what was it? And did you use that platform to launch your own business? Or what was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um I had my blog for about a year before I launched Let's Get Social. And I really used that platform, the website, um, and my Instagram account kind of as a like guinea pig for what I would do for clients and so when I was hearing new things about like the algorithm and you know hashtags and all that stuff I kind of used my own account to see if it was going to work and if what people were saying was true Um, and one of like the biggest accomplishments with that blog and it's It's been an interesting path for sure. Um, I just recently made the transition on my Instagram account to like not really highlight the blog anymore. And that was a little bittersweet. But Mm. um, the biggest accomplishment was the fact that um, two years ago, my blog started bringing in more than a full time salary. Um, Mm. Like a month. And so that was pretty amazing. I was, was able to work with some really cool brands from like Adidas to Mazda. And it was just amazing. Like the doors that open. Um, and so that was exciting, but it kind of started to get a little muddy for people. Um, Mm -hmm. I would share aspects of let's get social on my personal account and people were like, what? Like, we just thought you were a blogger. What are you talking about? uh, Yeah. And so I realized that like, I needed to be really clear about what I wanted people to take away from this account that has always had an underlying message of helping women. Um, But was I really doing that if I was like only sharing kind of parts of my life? Um, And so it was a strange, it was a strange transition, but it's been really exciting. I've met so many amazing people who are in the like, startup phase of their agencies. Um, And so yeah, so that was kind of like what the transition looked like.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you? I, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because this is not what you came to talk to us about. But I have to ask a question. Can you share like one strategy that you taught and let's get social about your brand because you totally like knocked down a lot of barriers with your lifestyle blog and with creating like you said more than a full-time income from it and so what's one thing because we do have folks in our audience that I'm sure would like love to pick your brain and so would you gift us with one strategy that you share in your let's get social company from your your blog
1: that you learned yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing and I feel like what we get asked a lot is like, okay, I want to grow on Instagram. How am I going to do that? And something that I've done since the very beginning is I post every single day to my feed. And when I'm posting to my feed, the copy is pre like batched copy but i'm showing up every single day for my audience and i know that that can sound like super overwhelming <laughs> but it just keeps you at the forefront of their mind and then creating content that's like quote unquote, gonna go viral. And right now we're seeing that as um, those like quotes or memes or that kind of stuff. And so like, how can you incorporate that into your feed and your account? So it feels like authentic to you, but it's gonna get you seen by like a massive amount of eyes. Um, I actually, at the first weekend of January, that Saturday was the first time that I hadn't posted every single day in four years like that's wild and so just like knowing that it's you know it really is a marathon and I know that sounds so cliche but it is and just showing up and know like a lot of people even when it comes to stories they're like but it's kind of awkward I don't want to show my face and the biggest thing I can kind of say is take yourself out of the equation and know that when you're showing up it's to add value for people and that awkwardness kind of slips to the side really fast
0: so for so for folks who are like you they've seen success on a platform whether it was on their blog or on their instagram or on pinterest or you know there are some people who are like killing it on facebook and in facebook groups and they're like okay i know this strategy and i've been building this thing consistently for three to five years or for two years or for whatever the number is i'm ready to teach what i know and start my own agency what should they do?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) So the first thing they should do is they should really figure out what type of client they want. So do they want to only focus on social media? Do they also want to do like content creation? Do they want to do overall strategy, maybe email marketing, really getting clear on who your ideal client is and the services that you know you can knock it out of the park on. That's like a really big thing. Um, And then the next thing would be to really make sure that you're covering your business legally. I know that's not sexy or fun to talk about, but making sure... It's so, you know, and it's so important. And so just making sure that you are covered, that you've set up that business banking account, you have an LLC or some sort of, you know, EIN, you're just, you're covered. (laughs) That's like one of the biggest things that we really talk through. And then um, something that I would really suggest is creating a website for your social media company or your marketing company. We spent the first, I would say, year and a half of Let's Get Social without a um, Instagram account and without a website. And so we were doing all of this stuff for other people. And at the time it was just myself. And so I was kind of drowning in all of the client work. And it took my business partner coming on board and saying, we're a social media company. Why don't we have Instagram for me to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, really having those kind of I like to call it the foundation, having that in place and having your packages and services in place. And even if you've, you know, created content for brands in a collaboration aspect, being able to kind of share the type of content you create has helped us land a lot of really big clients because they're like, wow, we love the creative that goes behind that. Um, and so having that portfolio aspect is so important
0: before you go to the next one. So I know this is, this is a question I get all the time from like coaches who are coaching and then they're building their personal brand. But I know that my social media people in the audience are going to want to know this too. It can be really tempting, kind of like you were saying, to take your existing brand and then to start talking about your new focus or new business using that audience and, sometimes it works really well for people and other times it's completely awkward and it bombs. And so what would you recommend to folks who maybe they did build up like a million followers or fans or consumers from this one thing? And they're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm consulting to teach people how to do what I did. What do they do with those people? Do they do anything? Like what does that look like and what should they think about?
1: Yeah. You know, that's such a, hard and kind of interesting question because when I started the platform that I'm using now, it was a straight fashion lifestyle blog. And then I started kind of teasing in other aspects of my life. And I'll be honest, I lost a lot of people, but I really had to sit down and be like, okay, what am I passionate about? What does my life actually look like? Is my life still you know, wanting to share sales and new pieces of clothing? Like, is that something I'm still passionate about? Am I still passionate about like the home decor? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of sat down at the, other, at the end of the day. And I was like, I'm really, truly passionate about helping women grow their online businesses. And that's the message that I need to be sharing through this platform. Um, and so not being afraid to kind of isolate and people who aren't going to be your ideal customer down the road, but don't think that you can't kind of talk about multiple things that fall underneath your values. Um, We created a let's get social Instagram account. And so that's where like it's heavy marketing tips and social media and everything over there. And I kind of show the behind the scenes more of like the lifestyle part of running a company. Um, And it's been working out well, like I said, we lost a couple people along the way, but it's really just kind of taking a moment and thinking like, what type of content will reflect like your most authentic message that you're trying to get out there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Okay.
0: So they have their social media up. They have their website up. They have their package open <laughs> and ready for clients. What's next?
1: Yeah. So now you, you got to start pitching people. You got to get those clients. Um, that is probably one of the things that scares people the most is the whole pitching process. And then um, I actually, one of our previous clients, she was like, I feel like, when I'm pitching somebody, and then I get on the phone with them to talk about my services, it kind of feels like I'm interviewing for a job. And I was like, you are how exciting is that? Like every single time that you are bringing on a new client, like you're interviewing for their position, quote unquote, and they're in and like, you're interviewing them, and they're interviewing you. And it's just kind of like this fun, new skill set that you get to sharpen time and time again but Mm -hmm. it really is um I last year we were sitting in position where uh, we were like okay we want to bring on three more clients and I had to sit down and be like how many times are we pitching somebody a day and so just asking yourself like how many clients do you want to pitch how many clients do you want to bring on if you're like I just want to get one client I just want to land that first one well then you should be pitching like 20 to 30 companies a day And I know
0: that again, Emily, because, oh my goodness. I'm so glad you're transparent with this because people think like making an offer every day means like, liking an Instagram post or something. And it's, <laughs> no, <laughs> Making an offer is actually making an offer. And it's not just one. It's a lot of offers every single day. So you have to have the leads and the people in mind that you feel like you can best support. So true. I love that you said that.
1: I mean, even today, we're probably looking, we would be comfortable bringing on two more clients kind of at a maximum because we're, heavier into the trainings at this point Mm -hmm. and I'm still pitching about 15 to 30 people every day and we're comfortable and that's just Mm -hmm. because we want to keep growing and so that's another thing too is once you land three or four clients because of the industry we're in there can be the there can of like there can be the chance that there's a lot of turnover so making sure that you are carving out even if it's 30 minutes in the morning to be pitching new clients will help you feel comfortable if a client has to cut back in a budget so just really being like prepared on that side mm-hmm.
0: and do you find yourself using like leveraging social media to pitch more or is it more like a linkedin or are you doing like calls and the old school, you know, mail the brochure to their company kind
1: of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we actually don't use um, social media at all to find social media or marketing clients, which I know might sound a little bit backwards, but Mm. just something that we've seen in the industry is that when somebody is starting out creating their own agency, they'll kind of slide into somebody's DMs and be like, hey, I'd love to work together you know, I'd love to handle your social media. And so people have started to like kind of be really turned off to that. So what we do is there's different sites that you can utilize where basically people are like warm leads for you. They're already looking for the services that you offer. I'm all about like, let's not waste our time. And so if I know that somebody wants our services and I just need to submit a proposal and pitch them to be able to hopefully, lock them down as a client, I would rather send like 40 of those than 40 DMs and hope that I get one response. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're utilizing different sites like um, Glassdoor has a lot of interesting kind of contractor remote kind of positions where people are looking to work with agencies. We've gotten some clients through there. We've also gotten some clients through Indeed. Um, So there's and then like freelancer.com is another great website
0: really cool you just saved somebody's life just now (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i'm done with this i'm going back to corporate and gonna just forget this whole dream i had to live a different life but like you giving them that tip is super helpful so I love everything that you just said. I want us to just go back to your very first client to maybe give people inspiration. If they're they're hearing what you're saying and they can see it and they're like, okay, she told me what I have to do. She told me I need to get this together. She told me I need to start pitching. She told me I need where I can find my clients, but I'm still stuck in quicksand on getting that very first one. What was your first client experience like?
1: Yeah. So the first client that I brought on was actually a family friend who we had kept in touch for a long time. And then when I was starting to dip my toe into this, I was still working full time. And so I was working full time and I kind of had it in my mind that if I landed one client, then I would take that jump. Um, And so I actually was living in Ohio and I I had a phone call with her and she was like, this all sounds great. Can you come to Michigan so we can talk in person? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. And so, cause we hadn't seen each other for like six years or something. And so I drove to Michigan. I was so nervous. I pitched her in person and she's like, this sounds great. Here's my budget. Does this work for you? I'll sign the contract kind of a thing. And so that was a really great way to kind of get some experience and confidence underneath my belt. And I think so often we're afraid to reach out to the people that we know, but if you can reach out to people that are already in your network and like they need your services, maybe it is a situation where you pitch them a little bit less than what you would pitch uh, somebody else but you get that experience so that you have another client that you can show the work of to a potential client down the road um I pitched her landed her drove back to Ohio quit my job and um my now husband who was my fiance at the time he um we had this like number in our head of when I was going to be able to quit my job and it's I can say this because he's aware of this now, but I was like, yeah, she's going to pay me that. It's great. She wasn't. I like, not at all, but I was like, okay, I got the one client. Like, I know I can do this again. And by the end of the month, when I had quit my job, I had landed a client that was actually more than my corporate job was paying me. So um, it's, it really is like, get that one and you get that confidence and it's just kind of, it's rolling. It's rolling after that.
0: Rolling after that.
1: Emily, those tips are
0: super helpful. Do you have any final pieces of advice to share with our audience?
1: Yeah, so another big thing would be don't be afraid to utilize Google when you're starting out in your own agency and you're just kind of unsure of like what the correct next step might be. Google was my best friend and probably still is today um, when it was just coming to like learning all the ins and outs of what it takes to really start a business. This has
0: been really enlightening, and I really hope that it supported those fellow marketers in our audience, as well as women who don't consider yourself a marketer, but you're like, I got this tremendous amount of success on this particular platform, and like, I'm ready now to start teaching people what I did. So super duper helpful tips. If you could look back and give yourself any piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Man, I would look back and I would just tell my younger self to trust my gut um there have been so many decisions i've made in life for the positive that came from following my gut feeling and there's also been a lot of not so great decisions like we all make um where i knew in my gut that it was wrong and so just really to like trust that gut instinct more
0: trust your gut Beautiful. So, Emily, I know this is what you do. Like, you support folks in creating and building their social media agencies. And so, for those of our people in the audience that want to find you, they want to support you, or maybe they know somebody who needs your help. Where can they gather? Drop your links for us.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, my personal account where I show a lot of like behind the scenes. um, My Instagram name is just Emily VDW. And then our business is Let's Get Social Agency. And then through Let's Get Social Agency and my account, you'll see all of the trainings that we have. And we also have an amazing Facebook group for people who are social media marketers and they want all of the tips so that they can be serving their clients to the fullest ability.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Emily. And I can't wait to have you back. Thank you. This was so fun. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.